Brotherhood to me is uh, I would do anything for that person. podcast we take it beyond the barbell i'm your host modingo and i found this yesterday while i was out and about in uh, northern ohio he's got a market garden brewery frosty it's lime it's a lime wit with tangerine beer quit wit is brony montaña <laughs> say hello to my <laughs> little friend do you know that movie jenna yeah, isn't that Scarface or something? <gasps> she got one. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> Write this down in your diary, kids. Jenna got a movie reference. I haven't seen that in a really long time, though. Like most movies. You, did you watch it on VHS? Probably. <laughs> What's that's, going on, man? man? That's a good name. Bro, yeah. That's a really good one. I, you know, that's a, that's a great movie. Yeah, we're... Uh, yeah, the, the person that made this list, yeah, uh, need you to... Well, there's a couple of you, but... We're down to, we're, we're, we're probably about halfway through this list, so probably going to need to get some more names on here. Mo didn't think the list was going to last the whole time of the show. What, what, I think the original list, what I said, we were going to get through two years. <laughs> we're almost there. Yes. Yeah. yeah Goddamn, we are. <laughs> 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 That's right. So let's crack these open. Bro already cracked his. Let me get this in. Oh, do you want to hear mine? They only give me stale, warm water. Yeah. She gets uh, Jenna over there with her lock, locks crocs. The poison? La Croix. Yeah. <laughs> the poison? The okay, poison. so, gonna take a sip of this. So, uh, yeah, my son had a game up in Oberlin, Ohio. They won 31 to 3. Yeah, yeah. Go Little Giants from Wabash. Um, little Giants? Yeah, they were... They like, were the, like the movie? Yeah. yeah. No, they, they did so good that they actually put the, um, the Red Squad in. And those are guys, they're like the JV team. And um, they actually got a couple first downs and a touchdown. There was one kid, uh, kids maybe, I think he's, he graduated early. He's like 17 years old. He's like the four-string running back right now. Dude does not know how to make a cut. He was just running fools over, dude. <laughs> Looked like Kevin Mack back in the day. Just, oh, yeah. Like, you know, the very first run, it was like an off-tackle to the left side, and he just ran and just bulldozed in this outside linebacker. And I was like, dude, you're on his, you're on his huddle video now. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna knows all about the Red Squad. That's what she played on. No, I didn't. All right. I started. That's pretty good. Ooh. You started on the Red Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. You want to try some? You would actually sure. like this. Yeah, yeah, you actually might like this. Not going to take good with that gum, but whatever. Good job, Mark. Yeah, good job, Market Garden. That's this is really good. I'm take a picture of this. So we are. I don't think I can really like but... get the real taste. No shit. You have <laughs> wintergreen gum in your mouth <laughs> with Lacroix. Yeah. By the time you guys hear this, uh, the CrossFit Open will be. Over, over, but uh, had Maybe. some athletes in here doing twenty or yeah Redo, twenty point yeah. three, which is a return of the uh, handstand push-ups that requires the trigonometry formula in order to accomplish them. <laughs> so we'll be interested to see like how many people uh, are are assessed penalties when it comes to this one once the videos are re- reviewed. But. I don't know. Like you always said, bro, I don't understand what, what the problem was with the regional standard. They went, had it last year and had no problems. Yeah. The only people bitching about it, the ones who were like six, eight, <laughs> and they couldn't go wide with their hands. They couldn't go outside, outside the, box. the box. Yeah. Yeah. It's just whatever. They're just stupid. No wonder Glassman's redoing shit. They're messing. I mean, you got people quitting open now that are games athletes because it's yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so there were. He was third, point got third place. One, yeah. Right. There were 20. 20. Some athletes that were assessed penalties, four or five of them were major penalties. Yeah, and but the thing is, out of those 20, there should probably been 2,000. Like, you see the videos, one foot takeoff, like, not locking out. At the top for the yeah. dumbbell snatches, uh, or not, not full extension. For or, the thrusters. No, sorry, thruster, yeah. And then you got this freaking handstand push-up workout. You got Sarah Sigmund's daughter doing behind Annie Thor's daughter. Her damn heel is not going over the line every single time. And the, the other thing that people were talking about with 20.1 with the burpees is like the, the chest to deck 
Like people just getting their ribs down. Yeah, man. It's you, been like that. I saw Katrin do that like a year or two. But they don't care about her. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I didn't understand because I was like, is that the new standard? Or like when people are doing thrusters and their head's not even like... Through? through yeah. I yeah. was like, is that just something that we do because it's supposed to be... Or is it that actually even a standard anymore? Like yeah. I really didn't know. I don't remember whose video it was for the thrusters, but when I was watching it, and I don't know if it was the angle, but from what I looked at, if that was the video that they submitted, like I couldn't with 100% assurity saying that they were, their head was through the window because it looked like if you look at the reflection of the bar on his head, like you could see the reflection on his forehead, not on the top of his head. So I was like, dude, you should have, you should have shot a better angle on that or something. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. I, and not only that, but there's so many affiliates I just see on social media. They're just all over just, man, it's, the standards are shit. And I, I can't even imagine like allowing that to happen whatever but they're still putting their scores in they're counting them and they're like hey look at me because they're reviewing the top is it top 20 or top 20 percent i know there's a there's a threshold that they're gonna actually watch their videos i don't remember what it is specifically so if you submit them you can be flagged no matter where you're at Uh so um but it's going to be whoever qualifies for games will have to submit they'll pick one video you have to submit that video which i think all all videos should be yeah i never knew until the open we had earlier this year that they didn't submit all their videos. They asked for three tests, I think, uh, for the 19, whatever. Usually they'll they'll only ask for one, maybe two, but usually it's one, like send us your workout three video. Uh And then also what I didn't know is you could redo the video and submit it. Yep. And I was like, what? Yep. You sure can. That's uh, yep. Exactly what happens. But the thing they don't account for is, how much that changes the leaderboard throughout it. It's, it's a train wreck. It, their scoring system has been messed up pretty much since it, it's existed. Mm-hmm. So I still think you should do a blind. Blind leaderboard? Yep. Release it on Wednesday, and that's that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know why. Blind, blind leaderboard, what Bro is talking about, is uh, you just, you do, they don't even show the scores until all the scores are reviewed, and then they pop up, versus <laughs> the scores popping up real time, and people are like, oh, well, if I get two yep. more reps, I'll... I'll move this high, much higher up the, the food chain. Yeah, and then next thing you know, the person you were trying to go above, now they have a new score and it beats your score. Like <laughs> By two reps. You know, it's just, it's a joke, <laughs> man. And, you know, I, don't, I still don't understand why you have till Wednesday to verify the scores. If you have to have them submitted by Monday, 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern, okay, then that's when they should be done. Like, people can submit them, but I don't have to verify it till Wednesday. It makes no sense. It's just stupid. It just seems kind of bizarre. It's stupid. They're, oh. We we got another episode. To cover. We could do another one on this one. You know, I I don't know the whole. I just think I'm glad they're sanctionals. To be honest with you, the open really is is shit now. Well, since we're talking about all this, one thing that I'd have for people complain about is like, oh, it's it's harder to get into sanctional or hard to get the games now. But technically, there's more positions open now with the uh, the sanctionals. Well, but, but but you know, if you're but you have to travel to China, no, or Dubai or whatever. So, I don't know. Here's the problem. Last year, they were great. This year, now I'm getting kind of pissed at, at, at them. As far as? Because now what they're doing is there's so many of them that are now taking how you qualify in the open. As the... And sending the invites there. Mm-hmm. Right? But then there's still some of them that are giving direct invites outside of all that. Yes. Past champions and all this. So, when it comes down to it, they're going to run an online qualifier that's going to maybe get five people in. It's just, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like they're sending out like. It's what, 18 are using the games or it's not the games, but the open as their qualifier. Eight, and then, no, 18 about all of them. Well, there's 20. There's 28. Or is there 28? 28 this year. I think 18 of them are using the open as their qualifier. And then there's a handful that use that international online qualifier. I think there were like five or six that used that. It's stupid. Yeah. It makes no sense because two different, they're all, te- that's why I like the sanctions because they were all different tests. Like. The open so the is, pathway to get into the, is all the, the open is it tests is, you know, you know, the movements are going to test, mm-hmm. right? There's only so many things they can do on these other online, like sanctional ones. I liked it because they were going heavier, doing devil's presses and doing new and current Different movements stuff. that yeah. the open has do. you know, pistols, you know, dumbbell box overs, stuff that everybody else is training that the open just will never touch, mm-hmm. which is, that's fine. I think you should be good at stuff in the open. But it's cool to do new things. Mm-hmm. So, and test different avenues. Because the only ones I can think off the top of my head right now that have their own individual qualifiers are um, the 
uh, the Mac, um, the Egyptian one, I think one of the Canadian ones, and I now the West Coast Classic, they're using uh, the Open too, so... I don't know. There's a lot. I don't like it. It's stupid. And that's that. Yeah, I think in North America, I think there's only like two using their own qualifier, which is bizarre. Wow. Yeah, like... For they, didn't, they didn't ask my opinion. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> you know, they don't care about anything we're saying. But, but what we do care about? Yeah, a lot more than Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we have Patreon. <laughs> yes, and we care. We care a lot about them. Oh, yeah. we got... Before we even start this, you better have what's that called from Australia? Oh, the didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. Hmm? Did you look? You don't. She didn't even up? listen to it, Mo. She didn't even listen to our episodes. She's here. Huh? Sorry, sorry, Gareth. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, first you be- up, you better have an Australian accent. Ryan Burgai. <laughs> That's my best. He wanted some gun sounds. <laughs> I thought it was a, I thought it was a hummingbird. Oh, no. <laughs> was, was that supposed to be like a Gatlin gun? Thank or? you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go, Ryan. You got you got a fifty cal right there, man. Yeah, little kitty cat. Well, I've only shot that twice and a pistol once, so. Oh yeah, you did shoot a fifty cal. Um, Lavana, <laughs> Jerry Richardi. <laughs> you having a seizure? Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Metcalf. <laughs> Tim Carlton. <laughs> 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 Gareth Crowther. <laughs> Is he from England? <laughs> I get it kind of stuff. Wrong, wrong island, dude. Yeah, wrong place. Pretty much. Wrong hemisphere. Michelle Rowell. What <laughs> Your eyes roll back in your head. And last but not least, Rick Terry. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he got double sound effects. Yep. And anyways, we just want to say thanks and that I'm shipping. Uh uh. Who? I already said Birdie Maze. Okay. I did it quick. Uh, she always deserve a cheer. I'm not even a speed bump anymore, Mo. Anyways, but we're shipping your Patreon swag boxes out tomorrow. And I hope that you guys like them. You'll have already had them by the time you listen to this, unless you're Gareth. (laughs) (laughs) Which you might not he might be getting it another week later. They're pretty bomb. But before we go any further. Okay, every last one of you, gonna need, we're going to take a break here, mm. and you guys are going to write us a review. Yep, on iTunes. On iTunes. Follow us review. on Podbean. Follow us on Podbean. <laughs> subscribe. Subscribe. On, on both. ITunes. You know what? As a matter of fact, you know, if you subscribe to us, unsubscribe and resubscribe, because we're not, we're not too big to, to ask you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Basically, you just need to make a list of things that you need to do for us. So while you guys are doing all that stuff, go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll take a break. Okay. Let, let, review that again. What do they have to do? So they have to leave a written review on iTunes. Uh, like. Like us and on. And subscribe on Podbean. On Podbean. And I, well, Apple Music. Uh, Apple Podcasts. All those things. All, all, the, all, all the above. And you need to follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you need to like our page on Facebook. <laughs> okay, stop adding <laughs> shit to it, man. Basically, we and, need to be then, your and, whole world. And like I said, if you subscribe on on already on uh, iTunes, go ahead and unsubscribe and then subscribe again. Yeah, what he said. So go ahead. We'll just we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait. Okay. Yeah, you should be done with all those. You should be done with all that by now. And then also, uh, don't forget those shirts from Seven Five Clothing, making badass gear for your badass ventures. Those Gen One shirts will be gone forever here shortly. And then also, Jenna has been doing some work on the webpage. Yep. Like what? I keep <laughs> updating it. I don't see shit. The Patreon boxes, right? Um, yeah. It'll be up. That will be up. And then I update it every, well, week or two on the latest episode. Mm-hmm. So, so you can just literally go to the page and click listen now. And that we have a thing that's episodes or a spot where you can click episodes and then you can scroll through and go back to whichever episode. I think it doesn't go super far back, maybe like 10 or 15 episodes. You guys always talk about me on your phones and look at y'all. They're both on their phones scrolling away. I'm uploading the video you just did of the Patreon. So what? What? (laughs) What? Well, what? Sorry, Wally, you're gonna have to make a new t-shirt with them looking at their phones. But you'll still be sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now. 
Boom. At least I'm comfortable. <laughs> okay, so what did Jenna just say? Because I didn't hear anything. I just heard a bunch of mumbling in the background. Now I know why she doesn't know anything about the episode when we're done. Uh, was, that the another, worst. was that another sound effect or what? No. Okay. So all that's taken care of. Yes, all the, all the, uh, the housekeeping stuff has been taken care of. So now on to this week's episode. Uh, you got a message? So is this roller roller yes, I from? did. Okay. Got a message, pretty serious message. Well, we were just kind of talking, and they uh, they've been listening to us pretty much from day yeah, they're, one. They're OGs, yeah. so, and we were just joking. We didn't realize we were almost two years. In yeah, we set. didn't. Yeah, I think I did, but I didn't. Yeah, it, yeah, it didn't really register. And be thankful, guys, because Mo was supposed to end this at one year. <laughs> He's like, we'll see how we are at a, at a year, and then when year one came, really didn't give him an option to end it, so we just kept pushing. Come on, Mo. <laughs> Come on. Let's go, buddy. Yeah, I just spent all this money. I was like, oh, man, I guess we should keep going. Yeah, screw you guys. I mean, <laughs> that's why I sound like Jenna. About mm. the, all about the money. Oh, yeah, I'm all about that money. She just, uh, the Patreon members, we would like to inform you that she just upgraded her, her um, camera again. No, I didn't. With I a backup one. camera. Yeah, <laughs> with a backup camera. Thank so you, guys. I have two. Appreciate the Patreon. <sighs> yeah. Over here, me and Mo can barely. Mo only only can even he can buy a six pack. He only can bring two. Probably bring two of these craft beers. Mm. But but back to the story. So messaging one of our OGs, and just to you know, in the midst of this conversation, you know, you know, a serious topic came up, and every once in a while we tend to try and you know take talk about some serious issues. But I know for me, it's something that's affected my life, and also uh, some of the other listeners I know out there that have. um, Message directly, but uh, what was the subject that came up? Um, thing that came up was let me read it to you because I've been given permission, and I do feel like Jenna. Mm-hmm. All right, so who said uh, has some pretty bad PTSD and anxiety? Uh, he was in the army before I started CrossFit. I basically hated myself and ninety nine point nine percent of the world. And it got worse as I transitioned out of the military. The military and VA, et cetera, talk a big game about wanting to help us, but when it's time to help, they're a ghost. I was in a seriously dark place when I got out. I wouldn't say suicide dark place, but I can understand how soldiers can have that. I, I can understand how soldiers can have that or have those thoughts. I dove into CrossFit as an outlet physically and emotionally. I then moved gyms and found a new family. I'm not close with my real family. And really didn't have many friends. I feel comfortable talking to folks at the gym about my past ghost. They listen. They try to understand. I don't like talking to other soldiers about my ghost. Uh, CrossFit, more specifically, my gym is like my church. It's not the physical workout that helps me. It's the emotional release. So I guess what I'm getting at is that if I didn't start CrossFit, I might be dead. It gives me a purpose and direction. It's it's given me a family and a place I feel relevant. Again, self-worth. So pretty deep. Yeah. And we've had messages similar to this from other people. Um, so today, that's what we're going to talk about, uh, CrossFit and PTSD. Um, I guess we can just start off. I guess we can just start off with the definition of PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And it is a disorder that develops in some people who have experienced a shocking, scary, or dangerous event. Um, one of the things when bro said, when we started talking about this initially, is like there's a common misconception that this only happens to people in military, law enforcement, first responders. Um, anyone can experience a traumatic event and have secondary impacts um, that impact their lives down the road after the, after the fact. So you know, I think that's something that kind of needs to be dispelled off the rip is that PTSD can impact anyone. Yeah, I mean, cheesy uh, Pete, you're going to tell me that someone... Uh, someone walks up to you and puts a gun in your face. Yeah. Um, that that isn't, isn't going to have an impact PTSD, on you. and uh, it absolutely can. Some people are going to take it differently, right? Yeah. It's you never know. I guess PT, PTSD in general, uh, people can say, "Oh, I can I can handle war. I can handle this or that." Guys will say that. Mm-hmm. How do you know? You, until you go, I guess you don't really know. Mm-hmm. How you're going to react? Like you would think that you're mentally prepared and that you're emotionally and physically prepared, but um, you just never know. And I think some of the 
some of your toughest guys that maybe, you know, have, have all their, their head screwed on straight. They go and it totally changes their life forever. Yeah. And sometimes it's maybe not them. It's what happens to their buddies or, mm-hmm. um, which I think, you know, I've talked to, you know, Blake, they struggle with that. It's, it's more when you see people, you know, mm-hmm. kind of get hurt and it's, it's not really you. Yeah. Uh, survivor's guilt. Uh, that sort of thing you, you hear a lot about uh, people talking about that when they've uh, been in combat situations and, you know, asking those questions, well, how come, you know, why wasn't I impact, you know, well, why was it him? Why was it not me? And just uh, dealing with all that, that can be uh, a bit of a challenge. Which you could get, if you want to get deep into that, you, you talk to, or I don't talk to, I actually have talked to, but people who survive like an IED, you have a Humvee full of four dudes and mm-hmm. you're the only one that makes it. Like yeah. now you're like, well, what the hell? Yeah. Why am, Why I, am I special? Yeah. Instead of being thankful for that you're alive, you're, yeah. you're questioning why, why am I, why isn't my buddy mm-hmm. or why, why couldn't it just been me and not my three, three other friends? Right. Know. Um, why is there a correlation? No connection between. Oh, so, so the, the message that we got were the individual said that they felt that CrossFit helped them, uh, address the issues associated with their PTSD. And we hear this from multiple people. I think you hear maybe not necessarily just CrossFit, but that's what we talk about because that's what we do. But a lot of times people um, get some sort of benefit out of physical activity that helps them deal with uh, their challenges. But CrossFit specifically, some of the things you were saying earlier were, um, well, in that message, you know, he, he mentioned, or the... In the message, the individual mentioned about uh, it helped them, give them a sense of self-worth. Yeah, sense of self-worth, family, uh, the community, um, emotional, physical release. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's just go with the, the first one, like sense of self-worth, right? Mm-hmm. Have, you watched, have you ever felt a lot better about yourself and being alive? Uh, after you get done working out and performing. Yeah. Okay. And that, <laughs> that is it. No, it's just that, yeah, you, you release those endorphins, you're stressed out, you have all these, you know, the weight of uh, the world on your shoulders. And then, and we, we've talked about this numerous times where sometimes this is the only time you have to yourself. And this is the only opportunity you have to just get all that ish out. You come in here and you leave it on the floor. And as you're laying there in the recovery position, staring at the ceiling, you're like, damn, I feel good. I think you feel good when you can feel like you accomplished something mm-hmm. like, okay, there's days I come in here. I feel like I accomplished nothing. And I literally feel like I've wasted my time and my day. And I'm literally in the same spot. I don't like being in the same spot. Like I feel, I want to feel like I did something positive mm-hmm. or you've that, advanced towards a thing. I don't care if it's a half an inch. Like, you know, if it's, you're talking a lifetime, those half inches <laughs> they add, add up. up. Yeah. And, um, you know, anytime I feel like I'm being, I've set myself back because, uh, I made a choice to drag my feet or, you know, I have a uh, real bad guilt. Like if I'm trying, if I have a competition coming up and I kind of like, I should do these other little things, but I'm trying to also get in shape because I don't want to fail my team. Mm-hmm. I feel really guilty about that and taking time to actually do mobility and take care of my body when I'm not doing certain things. But when I do things that make me feel good. Like I've accomplished, like I've finished my to-do list. Mm-hmm. I worked out. I did mobility. I took care of myself, got my nutrition, drank your water. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then I the feel checklist. Like, yeah. The, I just the, feel the, like I'm, the, I have done something. I feel like I, I am worth something that day and I'm not a wasted space here but then, on earth. But then there's also those other times where, you know, I, I don't think we collectively give ourselves credit when we have that checklist and we don't get the checklist done. But then when you stop at the end of the day and look back, well, what were all the other things that I did get accomplished? Like we were talking about last show where you said um, you had all these things you wanted to do, but then someone came in, wanted you to help them with their mobility or another person came in, you know, and they just had a bad day and they just wanted to talk to you, you know, and even though that might not be part of your checklist, those are those things that we have to remember to take pride in and credit for that someone valued our opinion. Right. <laughs> even though, even though you, you, you didn't get a chance to take out the trash or whatever, mm-hmm. you still were able to 
help someone check something off of their list that day. And we can probably get deep into that because maybe that was that gave them self-worth. Mm-hmm. Me, unknowingly, like we talked about with the, the impact you made on your, your, uh, on the, yeah, couple airmen. airmen, yeah. And, um, so, you, you know, yes, maybe I didn't get to do something that was on my checklist that needs to be done, but I was on help. somebody else's checklist. Yeah. Which to me, you're right. I don't ever, I don't ever think, I, I don't think I do anything special to be honest ever. So I just think I just kind of move through the day and do my thing. And then, uh, like, like our, our toilets blew up today. Right. Yeah. And not, so, and it, so we had a call at what about three o'clock today. And bro was like, yeah, I'll, I'll write up some show notes. I was like, yeah, you know, I got some time. I'll write some show notes too. And then I come in and bro's helping someone with a, um, with a redo for 12, 20.3. Um, like for me, after we got that phone call, I was like, yeah, I'm going to work out. And I got a, uh, another phone call I got to do before I head up there. We'll be good to go. And then it seems like the universe just collide, you know, just like, oh, I'll show these two jokers. Right. Like me, I, my phone call started early, then it went long. I didn't get to work out and I barely got to eat before I came up here. And same thing with bro, the, the toilets blew up. What, so you said they got backed up? Yeah, they just got backed <laughs> up. I, I really blame Jenna, but you know, usually when something goes wrong with the toilet. You on that even high, though I wasn't even here. You on that high fiber diet again, Jenna? <laughs> yeah. Actually, she on the, she on the low fire. <laughs> yeah, let's not even get Just wreck and shop. No, so literally the, the toilet said the main line had drugged or, or drugged. The main line had uh, become clogged and the water was pressing back up through the drain tiles inside the bathrooms. So I'm getting ready, literally, coaching class right in the middle. And it's like, hey, bathrooms are flooded. I'm like, oh, okay, well, they were flooded, flooded. <laughs> like, one of them had, like, poo particles. I got a clipboard. I'm, like, squeezing the water down the drain hole. We have one of our guys that um, goes here. He's at the 330 class. And he's a plumber and he actually had his, his truck with him, his truck with him. So he's actually, he was able to bail us out of this and, um, literally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm in there just over an hour just doing this and have to clean the floors again and make mm-hmm. sure it's all sanitary. Yeah. And, and then I roll in, I coach the five thirty class going to a redo. I'm out here. I was talking to Carrie after the redo and then I'm rolling in here like seven ten, and just, and then I ain't got no damn show notes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, Mo, how's your workout today? Are you going to work out today? He's like, like nope. <laughs> I was like, yep, fucking life, man. And uh, so, so even though, right, I guess we can, I can tell myself here, I, I feel like I did accomplish something today, even though it wasn't exactly what I wanted to accomplish. Yeah. Is that something you had on your, you know what today, you know what I'm going to do today? You, I bet you woke up and you're, you're sure you're like, I, you know, I'm going to go play in some poop today. That's right. And, and you know the <laughs> thing, right. The thing is, that definitely is helping someone else's self-worth because absolutely, when you got a poo, you got a poo. Yeah. You know, Jenna just goes outside, but everybody else is like... I don't poop. Sometimes I'll pee out there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, the physical uh, and emotional release, you know, that's... I think it's probably safe to say all of us have experienced that in some way, shape, or form. Um, you think it's different with... Everyday stressors, everyday stressors compared to someone with PTSD. I would probably venture to say yes, because I think, which I agree, but why? So for, for me, like my PTSD is not combat related. It's just certain things that trigger it. But because it was a pretty significant incident that occurred, like there's some times where I can't, it it just creeps up and I start thinking about it without any, I'm, I'm unable to control it. So there's always a little bit of that fear of where this, like, this is a day I do not need to have a bad day, you know, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Um, whereas... And they got Fran programmed. Yeah, and they got Fran programmed. <laughs> I'm, yeah, and then all of a sudden just boom, you know, just something happens and like I start thinking about it and then it's kind of a little bit of a rabbit hole. I've gotten better over the time, over the course of, uh, it's been roughly almost 10 years since I, I, I remember the incident specifically. Um, and, uh, I've gotten better at dealing with it and addressing it with it. And when I start to have like flare ups, I know how to go about managing the situation. It doesn't make it any, um, easier. But one thing I've learned over the course of time is that not working out has not helped my situation. Okay. 
has not made like it, like if I was having a bad day and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go home and you know eat ice cream and drink beer and feel bad and let it eat me up. That's no, nah, it's a no go. It doesn't work for Mo. Because um, that sometimes that can make you even more depressed, in my opinion. Like especially not doing anything. Go, go home and eating. Oh, absolutely. You know yeah. We talked about that when we were talking about the food and the mm-hmm. addiction to foods. And I think that sometimes, especially if you're trying to get your shit dialed in. Mm-hmm. And then I think now I think you can feel weak about yourself because you allowed another weakness to cause you to be mm-hmm. weak somewhere else where you were kind of strong. Yeah. And then you're like, well, why'd I do that? Now you think you're a little bitch. And now you're like, now you're like quadruple dipping. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not even like double the impact. It's almost like, I was about to say, it's almost like quadruple because now you've like kind of, you've intensified that challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, luckily mine isn't combat related. I've had friends that have combat related PTSD and sometimes there's like the triggers are just like instantaneous. Like I've been with friends just out and about and all of a sudden they just stop and I'm like, okay, let's go somewhere else. Um, cause you just sort of, when you have wingmen that have issues, like you just, you kind of learn, you know, when they're starting to, have a, have, have a, have a bad time. What's unique is what you said is that your PTSD, because I think everybody, it, it's different for every single person. Mm-hmm. There isn't like, just because it's grouped under one umbrella, mm-hmm. I think it's still different from everybody I talk to that kind of struggles with it. Some have a more mild case. Some people have extreme cases. Some people are like good than bad or bad mm-hmm. than good or you know, it's, it's, it's and then some a, people react differently too. react yeah. differently. And I think it'd be interesting to see what the, if you could, if you could do a poll or a, a collection of data to find out if you, okay, rate your PTSD severity, uh, one to 10, mm-hmm. right. And then take those numbers and then do you use exercise as a, as a means of coping? Yeah. yeah mis, uh, uh, miss shit, physical and emotional release. I haven't been able to talk all day. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'd be interested to see like the, the severity level compared to the people who use exercise as a coping mm-hmm. mechanism. And then I'd be interested to see what type of exercise do they do? Do they run mm-hmm. where it's more like a solo thing? Of course there are running groups mm-hmm. or is it more like the CrossFit style where it's a community? And I would like to see what the, you know, the severity of the PTSD was and currently is in comparison. With so, adopting fitness methodology. Yeah. And, and having the things we talked about, you know, the family, community, uh, of course, mission, uh, emotional, physical release can happen in any forms of fitness, mm-hmm. right? You know, I can, I could drop down right now and do five minutes of burpees and I'm going to puke this beer up. <laughs> There's my release. <laughs> um, so it could be any type of fitness, obviously. Uh-huh. And whatever, whatever I was thinking about, I'm not really thinking about after I'm puking up beer. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. Whatever was going on, those toilets, they're gone. Yeah. I'm now thinking I got to- At least for that gotta, five minutes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not front and center. No. Right. So I think, and I think another thing we could probably talk about is maybe, you know, I watched a, a show Brothers last night. Have you watched that movie? Brothers? The movie Had, or the- yeah, the yeah. It's With Mark Wahlberg? A, no. Oh. Right. Yeah. That's what everybody thinks. Um, uh, what's the name for Spider-Man? Uh, the original. Uh, Toby Maguire? Yeah. Toby Maguire uh-huh. and Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Yeah. So the brothers and one went military, one actually chose the street life. Uh-huh. And then it's, man, you got to watch it. Huh. And so watching to the list. Yeah, dude, watching that last night, it just really is a, it's an eye opener to me, man. It's, you know, you really don't understand what's going on, what's going on in people's heads, no matter how normal they may act. And you don't know what kind of baggage you're kind of carrying, um, because you only get to see them for a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it, it, it's such a good movie. So if you, if you guys haven't seen it, please watch it. It's outstanding. I think it tackles PTSD and it shows you um, the home, the family, and then the soldier and kind of what they kind of go through Mm -hmm. and coming back into society Mm -hmm. uh, and how hard that is for people to transition after they've seen some bad stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. Um, And last little piece of that first part 
uh, bringing up the community aspect of it. Um, I'm going to speak to it from the military aspect because that's what I know. But I can easily see how the person that wrote this, uh, this message um, values the community aspect to what uh, CrossFit has to offer. Um, even though in the message they said sometimes they don't necessarily talk to other soldiers because even within the military community, there's still some people that have a stigma about PTSD, whether it's a negative stigma or like a disbelief or they just like intentionally try and distance themselves from people that quote are challenged with um, PTSD. And so maybe that's where some of that behavior stems from, but within the community of CrossFit within your respective gyms, um, people don't really tend to judge you. Should. Yeah. Should. If you're at the right gym, people don't really tend to judge you because you're all there suffering together. Yeah, I would say, I was talking to someone about this. Look at, around your gym and think uh, how diverse it is. Not, I'm not talking like religions and color or anything like but like job wise mm. right it's across the board and and then look good you no know, when i was trained when i was a trainer like uh sometimes we do the icebreakers at the whiteboard especially if we had someone new and my favorite question to ask people is what their profession was because i don't know what a lot of them do except right. for the guys that are in the military and i can look at their badges and kind of figure out what they do but like you know learning that you know one guy was a tax accountant and you know another uh person what was the weirdest had a um aerospace uh physiologist uh, that used to go to my gym you know just like learning all these diverse cultures you know you have the uh the one that i thought was the most challenging she was a stay-at-home mom but she homeschooled like six different kids you know and it was like a group of mothers that like co-homeschooled and like she started talking about like they would go to do field trips to go to like the museums and all that stuff i was like man that's fascinating it's probably hard as shit Right. <laughs> but that's really cool. Yeah. But if you look across the board, like everybody comes from a lot of different things and they're, they're, they're struggling to get to where they are today and the struggle is where they're at today, but they all come kind of together. And I think everybody shares unique experiences. And mm-hmm. one of the best things about doing the nutrition here has been because you learn a lot about people's, it it's, can get kind of personal in the fact because uh, personal really is connected to nutrition because even though they're at the gym an hour, say they're here two hours, mm-hmm. they're at home <laughs> or at work the rest of the time yeah. of their day of 24 hours. So, you know, there's a lot of the personal stuff that really triggers nutritional choices, um, falling off the wagon. Uh, it could be, you could be depressed or it could be upset. You could be angry. It could be whatever it may be. And it really factors in the nutrition. So, but hearing people's personal stuff, like their backgrounds and kind of what makes them tick, mm-hmm. it really is, it's fascinating. And, and it's awesome to see how, how diverse everybody is, but how similar, similar they are. Yeah. And a lot of people are very similar without even, would, they would never know it. And that's what I was going to say. That's the thing with the PTSD, right? You know, this guy was talking about, you don't want to talk to, uh, about around his military guys. <laughs> which I can kind of understand. Sometimes you don't feel like you don't feel weak, mm-hmm. but I think that's kind of like that. If you, if you feel like you are weak, you, even though you're not weak mm-hmm. for thinking this or feeling this way, you worry about them thinking the same thing mm-hmm. when the reality they're like, man, I feel the same way. I'm glad you said something. Like yeah. you could really start that conversation. Right. So, and I think that some of these people, when I had the female camp here, we started talking about, mm. um, people being judged for exercising ridiculed Mm -hmm. and it started, Jenna started the, the started off. And then it was literally like a domino effect. Like Mm -hmm. each person that spoke, I've had that happen to me too. It literally like everybody got so much more confidence. Mm -hmm. And then everybody at the end had said something, which is sucky, but (laughs) also good at the same time. But yeah, now they have a a common bond Mm -hmm. that they can share while they're out there suffering. Um, And then, so next a question that you kind of brought up is um, why do we find this to be more talked about within the military first responder community than the civilian community? And the thing I pointed out is I think with the military first responder, there's kind of 
almost like an that's there's an expectation, but it seems to be more common or at least more talked about within those communities and less so in the civilian side. Um, even though like we defined out in the beginning, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you had military service or law enforcement or anything. It's just a, a traumatic event that occurs. But I think within the military and first responder world that it's just so prevalent that we just happen to talk about it more and we're a smaller group, maybe. I think it's expected because you, everyone knows that you're like in the military and that you're seeing things and that you're going through experiences mm-hmm. that like... A banker's not going to go through. No, or yeah, or whatever, like things that happen behind closed doors where someone else might experience a traumatic ex- thing, event. Mm-hmm. Like people don't, aren't, don't know about that and most of the time they never do. So it's not like it's expected from something that they're not like ever. I mean, you don't just expect. Well, you're not go- you're not going to drive to a photo shoot and possibly see someone's mangled up in a car wreck, but a police officer is going to possibly see that at night. Mm-hmm. You're not. She's not going to drive and to shoot and get shot at. <laughs> like you know, what hopefully I mean? not. Yeah. Right. Typically. Mm-hmm. So I think the common thing is like. When you think of the danger of law enforcement, well, then you look at the dispatcher. Like we have a dispatcher here, and they mm-hmm. listen to the show, and they're, that, they that, they get exposed to a lot too. They they're they get both ends. Yeah, they get officer never hears his caller. Yeah. Right, I, I never heard anybody call. Mm-hmm. I just got told to get where to go, go. Go to this place. This is the situation. Right. Yeah. So. But that person's losing their shit on yeah. the other end. Yeah, as the dispatcher or as the 911 operator, you're listening to someone like frantically losing dealing, shit, dealing with the situation in real time, you know. And then you dispatch this officer. That now uh, that officer is dealing and they're they're in some shit. Mm-hmm. So this person's still there and they're hearing them on the phone because mm-hmm. they keep them on the phone typically till the officer gets there. Mm-hmm. Officers there, and now some real shit's going down. Now they have a personal attachment to this officer because they talk to him every day and yeah. do all their checks. Yeah. Well, hell, they're getting both ends. They get it from both ends. They're literally getting ripped in half. Yeah. And because even though they don't know this person, they're they're there to help, mm-hmm. to calm them down, try to make probably one of the worst. If they're calling nine one one, it's not a good. It's situation, not a good day. Yeah. Right. So they're trying to make their worst situation the best while being professional to the officer and making sure they're safe, but also hearing this officer needing help because they're getting their ass kicked yeah. or they're getting shot at or they're getting or stabbed. Or the situation escalated. Yeah. Yeah. Or they just smoked someone. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's legit. Yeah. And that's, that, but you, you don't think about that as a dispatcher, right? But then one thing, and, and I don't know, and I hope there's some sort of mechanism behind this, but when I was in law enforcement, if I, I had a situation, you know, your, your captain comes out, you talk about what happened, you go back to the shop, you write your report, you know, do everything, you know, kind of relax, maybe have a cup of coffee or whatever. That, that 911 dispatcher, guess what? They're, they're picking up another call, like right after that. Yep. Like, uh, I saw a commercial about that one day and like, I, I never really registered to me that like, I don't know that they get time out. Well, thank you. Know? I think they have, if I could be wrong. I, think, I hope they do. God, I hope they do. I, I could be wrong on this, but I think, and it's a large, it's a larger uh, department. I think they only have three on at one time. Three operators? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So then, but if you think you have, if you have 10 officers on duty in a given area at one time, mm-hmm. and then they, they can, they split the workload amongst 10. Mm-hmm. This, these three people aren't. Who, yeah, who, who, next man up. Right. It's yeah. literally, it's one call after the other. Yeah. Now, I'm sure some of the, the bad stuff gets broken up with some really ridiculous, stupid stuff, uh, which actually I know it does. But, yeah. but with that said, you're now more prone to being only dividing all the calls in an entire city by three people mm-hmm. over 12 hours. Yeah. You're now prone to get a lot more of the bad. Yeah. Right. Because you're on for that full shift. Right. So with that said, then we can trickle down. Doesn't mean people who have regular everyday jobs don't suffer from this. And maybe it's not because of the job mm-hmm. it's from something else in life. And I think or it could be the environment at that job too. <laughs> it's, yeah. I guess people and, do. And we they talk, do, we, we they talk sh- about toxic environment in gyms. I, I'm sure there's plenty of toxic environments in work centers. Well, I know there is Mo, cause they shoot the place up. Yeah. That's what I'm mean, saying. Legit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was laughing. I'm like, no, these people actually shoot up the place. Yeah. It's that bad. 
I yeah. mean, it's not that bad. They're obviously messed up. But yeah, they, something obviously triggered that event, but it, but it happens enough to where, you know, we have protocols in place of, you know, active shooter drills. Yeah. Because it's, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, man. So I, I think the, the connection, though, between the military and first responders is kind of like with CrossFit. I think there's a, there's a huge connection between those more than civilians, right? And, you know, like <clears throat> I have brotherhood down there, mm-hmm. part of something bigger um, and like to be challenged physically, okay? Mm-hmm. We already know we have a problem with obesity. We covered that in, in our nutrition, um, you know, will complacency kill you, right? Mm -hmm. We know we have a problem with obesity in this country. So if we take the civilian top population and we know that we're 40% or 46% or 50%, I forget what it was, something ridiculous. Or considered obese, clinically obese. Well, those people aren't doing physical nothing, Mm -hmm. right? So that only leaves half of the entire Americans that potentially could be physically active. But just because people are not clinically obese does not mean they're healthy. You know, some people are just, you know, they, they, they fit those parameters well, you know, based off height and weight. Yes, I'm obese. Oh, I'm morbidly obese. Yeah. I'm supposed to be, for my height and weight, I'm supposed to weigh something like 178 pounds. If I weighed 178 pounds, you'd have me pissed in a cup all the time because you think I was on crack. You know, I, I'd look like a, I, I would look like a refugee. Like, there's absolutely no way I could survive at that body weight. I mean, I don't want to see you at 176. <laughs> But yeah, I'm like 28.6% BMI, like, yeah. which I am obese. I'm, I don't know, you probably are fat too, though, obese kind with of. the BMI. So, well, most women over, over what, 5'8", five, five, if, if they're like, you know, healthier, they, they, they are, quote, obese. Like, mo- like most CrossFit girls are, you know, are probably going to be considered obese just based off the height and weight. Well, we're kind of like thick. Yeah, but there's a difference in people in... So, I mean, but that's kind of a different topic, yeah. but we're not talking about like the healthy, was it uh sneaky fit? Yeah. We're not talking about those people. We're talking about people that just aren't, mm-hmm. aren't fit, that aren't engaging in some sort of positive uh, physical fitness, you know, to help your lifestyle. So if we only have 50% of the population who potentially could work out, let's say only 30% of them actually work out. Mm-hmm. So we got 30% of the people in the entire country that will work out. So how can, you know, challenge physically, like. I think that's a difference, right? Like, well, if you look at it, the zombie apocalypse will work out like the CrossFit games. <laughs> like half the, half the field's going to be wiped out that first day, gone, gone, because they can't move. Yeah. So then it's just going to be a trickle down effect. Like, you know, well, I made it to the second day, but I was, I still my my forty time is like in the fives. So <laughs> <sighs> I better get a gun or a chainsaw. <laughs> or let's hope their zombies forty times are in like a twelve. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> or something like he's got a broken leg or the, something. The old school zombies that just crawl. <laughs> Not the uh, 28 days later zombies that, no. are, that are like running four or No, those were like the Matt Frazier's of zombies. <laughs> the 1% zombies. So brotherhood, let's talk about that, Moe. You, your military, uh-huh. your CrossFitter. What's the connection between the military and brotherhood for you and, just, and CrossFit? Um, I think the, the easiest way to put that is just like the collectivism. We're all there doing a thing together. And because we're suffering and or succeeding with that collective action, it's easier to form a bond with those people because there's a lot you don't have to explain. You know, they just understand inherently why you're here. You know, well, I mean, if, we, if we just use CrossFit, for example, you know, no one, none of us come in here expecting to do bro, you know, bro curls and bench and skip leg day. We, we all know we're going to do some sort of metabolic conditioning probably going to do a strength, probably going to do some sort of a, a Metcon in addition to that. And we know it's going to suck and we're okay with that. We're, we're okay with uh, making ourselves uncomfortable. And when you're around a bunch of people that are okay with that, you, it, even though you're strangers, you're still closer than the person I sat next to on the train or on the plane when I flew to New York last week, you know, that sort of thing. That's, I mean, me personally, that's kind of why I think it's easier to, to, uh, have that brotherhood with strangers quote. What about you? So non-military civilian, you're part of that 30% that likes to work out. Yeah. I've always said that I would 
be a personal trainer because I don't, you can't like make a living totally off of being a CrossFit coach. So I would do personal training, but I would push CrossFit on people too much because I believe so much into the community. And I think you said something about like seeing some, seeing people at their worst or whatever, like suffering Mm -hmm. together. But like you're in such, I've always said this, you're in such like a vulnerable spot, like when you're just like dying. In the recovery position. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't really know how to explain it, but, or I, I guess I've never like totally understood like how somebody that you've only known for like a very short period of time starts CrossFit with you and how you can feel so close to them. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't know. It's weird. I feel like, cause like no, you don't actually know people. You don't know them. You don't know like really anything about them. I mean, I really like other than a select few, I don't really know a lot of like even our members. Like I don't know what they do daily or I don't know their families or like anything that they do, but I feel so close to them because we're like dying together and we're having fun and joking, but that's like, I but, don't know. But would you say you feel closer to these people that are, that at, at a certain point in your life were strangers than the people that you worked with, like at Tim Hortons and oh, that you yeah. substitute taught with? Oh yeah. Yeah. No one likes them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait, the, the, the Tim Horton people or the, <laughs> or the teachers? You're going to piss well, all of <laughs> You're going to piss all of our Canadian listeners <laughs> off. I don't care. They're too nice. I think, I, I think I've shared this before, but I didn't realize until about a year ago that Tim Hortons is like the Waffle House of Canada. Hey. <laughs> but they sell like more coffee than they do like baked goods. We're just mainly food here. <laughs> That's not shocking. Yeah. We are obese. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. So what yeah. about you, dude? I mean, where do you... Like, uh, how, how do you sum that up? You know, brotherhood to me is like... Well, you've been in multiple brotherhoods coming from baseball, you know, jiu-jitsu, CrossFit, paintball. Yeah, that Um, was huge. Paintball is probably one of the biggest... Law uh, law enforcement. So you've had... You've been a member of several different tribes. So like how does... How do you kind of section this off? Brotherhood to me is uh, I would do anything for that person. I mean, that's just the way it is. Like, mm-hmm. It's no questions asked. Um, you know, clearly a lot bigger connection here as an owner mm-hmm. um, with everybody here. Um, but I still feel the same when I get to work out the class or how it even had to be. There's times I'm, I'm just coaching and I'm ready to, you know, rip the heads off of people. Like I'm so pumped up. I'm so amped up because they're crushing it. And it's just a great class. The, the vibe's good. But brotherhood to me is, um, someone I would literally die for and, um, you know, everybody here, it's, everybody here has a special place in my heart and that's, that's just the truth. And to have that connection, not only as the owner, but to be able to work out with them and then compete with them or watch them compete and then be part of that of their, I mean, I don't know. It's it, like Janice, it's hard to explain to me. Everybody knows what it is, but to me, I guess it just comes down to I would do anything and everything for anybody when I'm part of that brotherhood. Yeah, I think that's an easy way. That's uh, kind of a good way to put it. It's like it's, sometimes it's hard to explain, but you know it when you come across it. It's instant, right? Yeah. It, it really, to me, it's instant. Like you have that, that instant bond or in CrossFit, she's right. It does happen a lot faster. Like because you don't know them, but you know that they just You're all felt- crazy enough to be here at 4.30. But they, they in front just, of the whiteboard. They yeah. just felt what you felt. Yeah. Right? I don't care if if it's your top athlete and someone just starting. It sucks for everybody. It sucks for everybody. And like, and then, you know, the person who may just be around, be starting out and be like, oh, well, I didn't do what you did. Bro, <laughs> well, then why do we look the same? Because <laughs> whatever we did. Your puddle looks just as big yeah, as mine. Yeah. It's like, don't make, <laughs> don't make me uh, measure puddles here. Like, uh, like a. Uh, Anyways, but I was going to go somewhere else with that. Yeah, I think that's what it is to me. When I, when I can look at someone and, you know, we are in the same shit together um, and we made it through it, then that's just, I know we have a connection and I see happen all the time in here and I love it. Yeah. Um, we were trying to dig up some stats because there, but there really aren't any clear stats on like how many um, suicides or uh, PTSD related deaths occur 
in a year. But um, the one stat we do know about is the, the you know, the, the 22, uh, on average, uh, 22 veterans uh, commit suicide per day. That's usually related to PTSD. It, it, the number has been going down. I've heard sometimes the numbers drop down to like 20, which if you take two people over the course of a year, I mean, that's huge. Military, right? Yeah, military people. Uh, so, I mean, that's huge. And that's part of the reason why I think we're very um, big advocates and we talked about, we talk about them as much as we can with VetWAD. Um, we just learned that they achieved their nonprofit status here recently, which is a, uh, kind of an, a, an exhaustive process because I've done it before. <laughs> um, so congratulations to them. And what they do is they uh, focus a lot of their energy and efforts on, um, helping veterans, uh, that are challenged with PTSD. Um, one of our good well, give friends re- of the show, give them resources, yeah. right? Because yeah. the person who sent us the message, they're talking like the VA oh, okay. and yeah. military. Yeah. They Let's talk, talk about that part. They yeah. talk a big game, uh-huh. but when it comes down to it, they're really not there for you because in all honesty, right? PTSD is really new in the military community, even though it's, it's been as, around as old, as old as shell shock, right? Yeah. And even older, you got to think about those old dudes in World War the nostalgia, One. shell shock. Uh, yeah. It's had different names and people were, I guess, kind of boxed away, you know. I think mental health, mental health awareness in general is more, people are more willing to talk about it now than ever before in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean. Especially with like social media. Yeah. Yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah, but the difference is, right, you put, you put something on social media and for the mental, you know, wellness mental side, awareness, yeah. it's one thing. When these people are doing the military, they're shunned. Like they're literally, they're looked down and talked down on, upon because now they're a weak link in their unit. And that's the way it was. You know, you talk to some of these dudes who, that are now coming out that will, you know, some of our last surviving people of World War II because mm-hmm. the generation's dying off. And they talk about this and how they, they couldn't go to the superiors and talk about things. And when these guys are telling their stories 50 years later and they're still crying, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's still, they still remember all the names, all, all the, the names. They remember everything about yeah. it. 50s, 50 years later, they're still, they're still upset and crying over this because back then... You weren't, you were weak in your unit. And if mm-hmm. you were weak in your unit, you weren't going to be part of that unit anymore. Mm-hmm. And, or they would make your, you were living, shunned. Yeah. You're shunned. It's going to be a living hell for you to where now, if you're doing social media, you get a lot of support. No mm-hmm. one's on there like putting the angry emojis or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. They're not going to lose anything. This is your career now. Now, this is something that you've kind of invested in. And now, just because you, you've seen your, your boys get blown up and it, it's messing with you. Now you're, you're looked as weak. Mm-hmm. I think PTSD is now it's becoming more forefront because I believe a lot of soldiers are opening up about it and they're all like, you know what, bro, I feel the same way. Like don't feel bad. And yeah. And, and like, and I've talked about this before, like during the course of my career, I saw the flip because before, if you ever talked about it, then you were, um, it could be a career killer. You know, it could definitely impact your ability to get certain positions, which would indirectly lead to promotions or other opportunities. But it finally got to a point where people, um, you know, like you always say, the first person to run to the wall is going to be the bloodiest. And so those first handful of people that were like, Hey, I need help. I have issues. You know, people sort of just kind of stand, stood back with their arms crossed, just watch like, okay, well, let's see what's going to happen. And then when nothing happened to these people and they were still, being allowed to succeed and, and advance in their careers and are like, okay, well, maybe they're serious about helping us. And then, you know, more and more people were felt more comfortable talking about it. You see different support mechanisms starting to spring up. You see some of these civilian um, entities like, you know, VetWAD, uh, 22 Till None, kind of integrating with the active duty force, you know, giving people resources. But then like our, um, like our uh, person that wrote the message though, since I've retired, and I've kind of gone outside. It's, uh, I feel like they could do better to help people that have these challenges. Um, it seems like, uh, from talking to my friends and seeing it firsthand, I feel like they make it a lot harder than it should be for veterans, people who are no longer in the service to get the assistance that they need. 
um, to deal with the challenges that they have or some things I've seen and heard where they kind of like just sort of try and treat everybody the same. Like we were saying earlier, like everybody's PTSD, is di- everybody's different. Everybody's uh, arousal symptoms are different. Every, the way everybody reacts is different. But trying to take that cookie cutter approach and be like, okay, well, you have PTSD. This is what we're going to do for you. And you shove everybody through this funnel and you're supposed to be okay. Well, think, um, think about why. And I, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. Never been in military. I, I study the hell out of it and I research a lot. But um, the military, they, they're, they're behind the times, right? And we already know if you want something to like grow inside the military, and I'm, this is way out there, but think of Space Force. Like they're starting this whole Space Force mm-hmm. for our military and it's legit, right? But if they don't start it today, it's never going to start. What are we going to be 20, 20 years from now? Like, you know what I mean? It's, it would be non If we started in 20 years, it'd be nothing. Oh, and yeah. in the military, I think anything that, uh, any type of thing, it starts. It's not like they just interject something and it grows to this huge, awesome. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't blossom immediately. And then you have all the support and the resources because right you guys, off the rip. Yeah. Think how many, you know, red tape you guys got to go through. Mm-hmm. Every, all the loopholes, the people have to get involved to get it to, you know, the funding, all this stupid stuff. How are you going to treat these? What are you going to do? When they're constantly cutting funding. Yeah. Right. And they're never going to take PTSD over the next big weapon mm-hmm. or whatever. The next big, big thing for your unit. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is I think that they're just so be- so far behind that maybe in 10 or 15 years, they'll have so many more things mm-hmm. like, and again, going back to that places. first person to run through the wall type thing, yeah. you know, hopefully these guys that were brave enough to come forward and say, Hey, you know, I need help. It's going to pave the way for the next generation of veterans that come through where, you know, these types of services are just going to be so inherently available that they're not going to have some of the challenges like our listener talked about or that I witnessed uh, personally. So, and just like the, the guys from world war two, you know, the help that uh, even, veterans are getting now is far superior than to what they were offered when they retired from the military 50 years ago. Right. And you know, it, it's what's great about this and we'll tie all that together is so VetWAD is fitness related. Okay. A lot of veterans do fitness. Okay. It's not just veterans with PTSD, but it's still something to help them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they know that the military isn't there for them like they should be. Mm-hmm. So this is how you can cre- create awareness and I truly believe that no matter if it's from being a first responder, military, everyday life, it could be physical, mental, emotional abuse that you've went through. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, you know, your, your spouse just has shit on you for 20 years, made you feel like you're irrelevant to this world. Mm-hmm. Anytime you can attach yourself to uh, a community, uh, something that has a stru- group of humans, yeah. has structure share the same passion. Um, and you can also decompress at the exact same time, which is very rare, right? It's very rare. You can go for someone that's in a bad situation to be able to go somewhere, be themselves and, and get help and get help <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and feel when better. You, when you put it like right? that, it sounds so bizarre. It is, but you know, feel <laughs> and good. I don't mean to laugh, but it's, it's, it's so simple though. You're right. Yeah. And then you can actually yeah. leave feeling like you have self worth because yeah. You just got your first pull up or you just finally got five double unders in a row mm-hmm. or you just PR'd your front squat or, or, or you finished the workout you, or you finished the yeah. water and the time cap. But you know what I mean? I think that's, it's very rare that you can, if you come from something where you feel broken and beaten up and torn down or whatever it is, you can actually step into a facility, a place to where none of that matters at all. Mm-hmm. And you can actually leave feeling so much better about yourself and you know, we already know, uh, mental illness, PTSD, anxiety, depression, everything that's kind of wrapped up into one, um, is usually worse when you're by yourself Mm. alone at the, at a a time. Feeling like you're on an Island by yourself. Right. And when you can get off that Island and come into a place that has other people or may have the same issues as you mentally, Mm. right? Like, I can, I can guarantee if I took a poll out of every class for an entire week, how many people are depressed? Fuck. How many people have anxiety? Holy <laughs> shit. Okay. Well, I'm going to stop talking shit now because I don't want you to come in here yeah, and, and get it out. all out. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to come in and shoot me, Mo. That's what I like. I'm going to kind of watch out my uh, prod you, but st- st- yeah, stop programming so many rope climbs. Yeah. <laughs> but 
if I was to take a poll, it would be astounding. I guarantee mm -hmm. it. Right. But no one would ever know. Right. Because mm -hmm. they're in here and they're kind of in a safe spot where none of it matters mm -hmm. at that point in time. Now they could have walked in with it. They're not going to leave with it. But when they go home, it's going to be right there, standing in my face. Mm -hmm. But how, how, how much can, if I can take a little bit of pressure off of you yeah, for 60 you, minutes. Yeah. And when you go home, your head's not going to pop off as soon as you go in. It's going to take a little bit of work up. So I'm really, you're buying yourself some time every time you step in the gym is what's going to happen. <laughs> and you get to hang out with your friends. Right. And, 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 and talk crap about whoever did the programming. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's fine. You can talk smack about me anytime. But um, yeah, good topic. Contemporary and very um, real topic, especially for a lot of our listeners, because um, we do have a lot of people that are military first responder, LEO, dispatchers. Um, and we've said it before, but we really do mean it. Like we're here to talk. Like if you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to, you can certainly talk to us. Yeah, Mo's got the military background. Um, I'll list anybody. I'm pretty good psychologist. I deal with a lot of patients per day. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> you, you never knew you were going to be amateur psychologist when you signed that affiliation right, form, man. did you? They didn't tell me that, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> they say, give me $3,000 and you can use the name CrossFit. And Nothing you're going to be an amateur psychologist. All right, thanks. Yeah. And then obviously Jen is here for the female's pr perspective. Yeah. Um, because... Um, that's a whole nother world. Yeah. I ain't, ain't going to lie. And for the military guys, uh, yeah, I, I did receive um, all that uh, wingman training. So, you know, I'm, I'm a, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not in the military anymore. So uh, I was come on, man. A, a certified resiliency uh, master trainer. So um, a lot, of, I think a reason, part because I went through all that training, it's helped me deal with my issues um, a lot on my own because I can look in the mirror and self-diagnose. I mean, not that I'm a doctor or anything, but I look at the challenges that I'm faced with and I'm like, okay, well, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, what would you tell yourself to do? That sort of thing. I so. think that what you just said last is, um, how can you be a wingman if you can't wingman yourself? Wingman, yeah. If you can't <laughs> like, okay, yeah. I'm about to tell this person not to do what I just did. Like, yeah, you can't really do that because I do that all the time. <laughs> Literally. I do that all the time. That's why you're not a wingman. <laughs> I'm a wingman. I'm just not a wingman to myself. You're not a wingman certified? No. We'll work on that. Okay. We're here for you. Thanks. <laughs> do you need to talk? No. Mo's a wingman. Not to you. Yeah. I'll talk to Mo. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But uh, yeah, seriously, uh, we're, we're all here. Um, you know how to get a hold of us. Uh, I guess we've never really given out our Instagram stuff, so... You are on Instagram. They should know this, but yeah, I think I follow most people. Yeah. I don't, don't be mad. Cause I don't, <laughs> I don't know. What's your Instagram? Frag 13, like a grenade, man. Blow up in your face. Jenna L. Fisher. And then I am the DJ, the DJ Dingo. So, uh, yeah. Uh, if, if you don't want to hit the inbox for the, for the show, uh, hit us up individually. It's all good. Um, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And I think that brings this week's episode to a close. Yeah. I'm on, I'm out. Peace. Bye. Thank you for listening to the One More Rep Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at One More Rep Podcast or on Twitter at Can I Get One More or shoot us an email at Can I Get One More at gmail.com. Hey guys, Mo here. I uh, just want to reiterate if anybody ever needs any help. We have some resources for you. You can utilize the crisis text line. You can text the word CONNECT, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to the number 741741. Once again, you can text the word CONNECT to number 741741 for the crisis text line, and they will get you in contact with resources to help you with whatever you're going through. Keep kicking ass and taking names, and we will see you next week. Later, guys.